it's broadcasting. Nobody's listening to it, but that's my backup in case this messes up. This task cam thing, which has been really reliable for many years. What is that? Wow, when I put my hand down, I can hear noise. That sucks. <laughs> Don't put your hand in. I won't. No, the the whole extraterrestrial thing is not uh, not a viable solution to this. We we need to go f- through a turning point in the study of of this whole domain, away from ideology. We're not here to prove that we're being visited by you know, aliens from this planet or that star. That may very well be true, but we have not done the basic work. I have this hunch that, the, um, that, this, that this phenomenon is, uh, comes from some sort of domain of pure information. And the fact that they can interact with us at all suggests that uh, that we inhabit the domain is also pure information. Are we uh, go condition here? Yes. in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now, for the first time, we are bringing to you the full story of what happened on that fateful day. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents, the places. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. You warm enough to Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about... Radio Mysterioso. It's an eternity. That intro is an eternity. Thank you, Ron. Let me let me fade down that music there. Turn that off. Hey, it's Radio Mysterioso, and um, Paul and his brother Jim Kimball are in town, so I force them yes. to come in here. Under oh, I can't hear you. Yes, you forced us. Why can't I hear you? I don't know. I'm kissing the mic. Yeah, I know. Yes. Oh, <laughs> maybe I better take it off mute. I never use that. There you go. If it was, there you go. If it was any closer, I'd be French kissing. People won't know what that means now, but we were talking about the mic. Yeah, don't touch the mic's tongue. It'll 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 shock you. Hey, baby. No. <laughs> um, Groovy. Why? What brings you to California, you two? I know. Well, Jim is because you're just coming out here to hang for a little bit. That's right. And I'll move the mic over to him, but we're staying at the Beverly Laurel Motor Hotel, so I just want to say, groovy, man. I'm going to talk like a hipster the whole night. Groovy, baby. You're going to, um, yeah, we'll see. Oh, wow. That's really loud. I'll talk like this. Then. No, no, it's okay. I'll just mix it down. Oh, okay. Groovy. <laughs> 
Or I, instead of groovy, maybe like sexy. No, well, then you're, then you're updating to the 70s, I think, here. Yeah, that's right. I've moved from the 60s to the groovy, sexy. <laughs> I, don't, I, I lived through the 80s, but I can't remember what the gnarly. There you go. Yeah. Groovy, sexy, gnarly. Moby. Yeah. Anyway. Boss. You, boss was 70s. It's so boss. Anyway, we also lit, so there you go. What? Lit. We're lit. Yes. That's, that's current. Right. Isn't it? I thought we were woke. I don't know. <laughs> I'm tired, so I'm I'm barely woke. And the people listening, I, I feel like bar- I'm barely woke. Yeah, I'd rather be barely woke. I was walking around the house the other day, getting so annoyed at people and say, "Are you woke, dude? You got to be woke." It's like, yeah. what do you mean? I read the shit that you read and believe the shit that you believe means I'm woke. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> right now, I'm getting ready to join the hashtag Sleep Two movement. So. It's like, oh, I'm so tired. But right. old people talking. Yeah, so it's old people who were screaming at scooter people earlier today or whatever. Oh, you doing that too? Yes, yeah. I am. Look, here's but my first, brother. First Paul oh, was like, right, oh, right. no, it's okay. You know, it's just scooters. And then he had to drive with them. No, one almost ran me over today on the sidewalk. Yeah, I see? was waiting for Jim to get his laundry. Damn kids. This close. And people would see. It's like, see, I felt the wind as it went by. Yeah. And if I had turned around. The thing would have, and I thought he was going pretty fast. Like he could have caved in my chest if he'd hit me. That would be a real like accident. Yeah, it's happened. That changed my opinion of the they're, scooters right yeah, there. They're trying to make as much money as possible before they get sued out of existence, I think. So, yeah, we're in. I was here for a film festival up in Pacific Grove uh, last week with Holly Stevens, who is uh, one of our co hosts on Haunted, and then came down to Los Angeles, picked Jim up five or six days ago. He flew in, and he's also on the cast. He got dragged into the cast. Everybody on the team is is sort of gets on camera eventually. Hashtag more Jim. So, <laughs> uh, so he's sort of become a ghost hunter in a roundabout way. We don't see much of him in the show, but when he does appear, it's with a purpose. Did we say brother Jim? Brother Jim, yes, yes. brother Jim. He's mean, my meaning brother. actually, he's he's your real brother. It's not like this religious order. No, we are both the same oh, age. No, no, right, right now you're the same age. As we sit here, we are both the same age. That'll change in three weeks when I, you know, the clock ticks up. One more for me, but yeah. yeah. So here, you can talk to him for an hour. I'm just going to sleep. And your regular Radio Mysterioso audience will be like, we don't even care what Jim sounds like. Paul's not going to talk? Sweet. (laughs) I think they want both of you to talk. Plus, they've never heard Jim before. Groovy. I feel like... I feel like Bruce Campbell... Jim doesn't actually exist. This is just Paul's alter ego. (laughs) Bipolar, so... Jim, Jim is the uh, his is uh, Paul's basically his uh, silent uh, partner producer, but now you've become part of the show, just like Paul said. Yeah, well, we have for a, haunted a group of, uh, what six of us now that go out regularly. I'm the guy that uh, is always looking at the monitors, the CCTVs, and do some of the investigations, but making sure that these guys don't get into too much trouble. And if they do, I'm like Scooby Doo. I'm the first one out of the building. <laughs> See you, boys. <laughs> I'll be. I'll, I'll call somebody to come and get you. In case people don't know, what the hell are we talking about here? What is what is haunted? What we're talking about is a television show that uh, is currently uh, just wrapping up the third season of production that we're doing. Um, each show being a half hour episode, and we do what channel is that investigations on Eastlink Television, Eastlink Community, Eastlink Community. That's right channel now in Canada, mostly on the East Coast, but across Canada. 
And uh, we've been yeah, doing it's this not like, now it's for not like a, a year if and people half. if you say community TV, people in the United States think, oh, it's a it's a it's a um, what's it called? One of those cable networks where, you know, amateurs can come. No, it's an actual real network. Well, it, it's a combination of both. They do do local broadcasting and uh, shows for the community, but they also do productions from independent production companies like ourselves. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and you're in what season now? We are currently in season three. Three of Haunted. Season four will begin airing in January of 2019, back wow. when Paul and I are different ages. Because yes. he, tur- he, he turns... 52. Oh, wow. 52 in January. No, I turned 53. 53? Oh, wow. That makes me 52. See, I can never remember (laughs) my own age. After a certain age, you don't remember. No, it's been hard to keep track of since, you know, you turned 30. Not that I care, but (laughs) it never bothered me. (laughs) So, yeah, we go out, we investigate cool places, we look for unique locations, and uh, try to get the all-access pass. If preferably, you know, the keys to the house or the buildings and and then uh, just go to her for two nights. Are people, you know? I mean, this is, some of these are like working businesses like hotels, restaurants. Uh, yeah, some of them Because you've been are. in like abandoned jails and stuff, which everybody loves, but. Yeah, we've done jails. Uh, what have we done? We, uh, we've done quite a few museums or historical houses that have become museums as well. Oh. Because yeah. that adds the element of the history to the location of That's the That's the only ghost hunt I've ever been on out of two where a lot of stuff happened. The last time I was in um, Shell- um, Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about At least about I didn't say place. ghost case. There's three things we don't talk about. Trump, Baphomet, and Shelburne. Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> only talk about Baphomet if we're on camera. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Only During the show and the filming. To, and to and, make and it work. Dylan's yeah. around. Uh, we, we've done theaters as well. Theaters are cool spaces to kind of go to, especially the ones that are older that are along the East coast there in Nova Scotia. And we went to one in Prince Edward Island, which was neat and cool. And we're looking for new, we're hoping to but do a lighthouse, incredible. an old lighthouse over in Prince Edward Island, uh, possibly upcoming and filming in the uh, late spring. Yeah. Oh, a lighthouse would be a good one. Yeah, uh, it would be. That yeah. was a, the, one of the questions I had. And this is like a, a dumbass theory of mine, cause I'm not a ghost hunter or anything like that, that, and I've heard from people that the more emotion and things associated with the place, the more likely um, there will be some kind of activity. Like a theater, there's a lot of emotion associated with a theater, or whether there's a murder or something like that. But murder, yeah, some that's, sort that's of um, yeah, for. some sort of emo- you had the one something. with the two with the two brothers in the prison, right? That were yes. hanged at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had the two brothers, myself and Paul, up in the prisons where they were hung <laughs> to get a little bit of synchronicity going and see what would happen, and that was kind of. A little bit of a freaky experience with our little ghost box conversations with them. What happened? Well, what we heard were what we thought were voices, or and we slowed it down, and it almost some sounded like their mother was crying something. And we were all kind of listening to it, and we all heard relatively the same, similar things. And the thing about it, it only happened when myself or Paul were asking it questions, not when other crew members would come up and ask it questions. So it's almost like a connection with the brothers. And then... When I believe they died because they were hung there, they died at, at two o'clock or two two twenty seven in the morning. And, and this was in a prison they were being executed for yes, murder. Yeah. Yes, up on the the two floor prison, uh, old school kind of prison. This was back in the ni- early nineteen hundreds. There you go, nineteen thirty, uh, nineteen thirty six. So 
at the time of their death, when they officially were declared dead, our investigation with the ghost box, the ghost box went quiet, almost as if that was the passing of the time of, of whatever was trying to communicate through the device to us or to whomever that it stopped, which was kind of eerie at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jim's uh, underselling it. This is why we don't put him on camera as much. No, he's, that's a very... That, oh, yeah. Sorry, that's a that's a very logical uh, explanation or explication from Jim. I I would just say that the ghost box after you know three two and a half seasons, we know how it behaves. There are things it should do. Whatever you think of a ghost box or any of these devices, I'm very I they're just things that to me like they're cheap little electronic appliances that people set up to do certain things like scan through radio waves. But there is a certain way they behave. Whatever you think of them, they behave in a certain way consistently. Every time. This was the first time that the ghost box for us behaved in an abnormal way, beyond anything we'd experienced before, where we were just getting uh, static and things. Well, you've heard it, I think. Yeah, I mean, right. the, I was, the, we played the, it on your show once. Yeah, the yeah. ghost, um, the ghost box <laughs> thing. That, yeah, it basically sounds like a train. <laughs> yeah, or we all kind of thought, I think, at the end of it, chanting, or and just weird. Bad, not happy, good stuff coming out of there. So, yeah, it was very, we were all, you know, it was very frightening. And uh, I think, yeah, I think I talked to you about this. I left to go get Holly and Chelsea, another person on our team, left Jim and Dylan upstairs and Tabor, our sound guy. And as soon as I left, unbeknownst to me, I didn't know it was 227, it stopped because they tried to get it to do stuff. And so by the time Holly and Chelsea and I got back up there, it wasn't doing, you know, jack squat. And, um, so the next location we went to, which is a series of episodes that are airing now, seven, actually. It's sort of an arc. So we do arcs. We'll go to these places, and because they're only half an hour long, I try and create a narrative arc uh, so that there's cliffhangers at the end of every episode. Yep. So we went to the King's Playhouse uh, in Georgetown, Prince Edward Island, and I actually, after leaving the King's Playhouse, I thought, eh, I might get three episodes out of this. Not a dud, but eh. And it seven episodes. And we tried uh, we tried the ghost box thing, which is coming up. So, folks back home, if you're listening to this, you haven't seen this episode yet. Uh, you might have. This week is the cliffhanger where Dylan and I are in the basement. We start using. We're trying to do it again. This was the next place we'd gone to after. We we must make it clear that if you're not in the maritime provinces of Canada, you probably can't see what Paul's talking uh, about here. You can see it in Ontario uh, and in certain parts of Canada, but if you're outside Canada, you can't see it yet. Hopefully, next year. We will get it up because I get you know several emails every week asking and stuff like when is it going to be up kind of thing. Yeah, working on it, but we have multiple. You can see bits and bits and pieces on YouTube. We have multiple series that we're running, not all of which, in fact, only one of which involves ghosts. So yeah, uh, it's a busy time. So I'm doing the best, but um, yeah. So the thing just goes after Dylan. There's no other way to put it. It's just like every time I you mention Dylan's name goes nuts. All that sort of stuff. And um, so then I went really weird, came back, looked at the footage. I was just looking. We carry these little digital audio recorders. And um, just in case the mics aren't on for whatever reason and, and you know, yeah, backup, backup sound. Or you, you apparently you might get EVPs, mm-hmm. a ghost going, I'm hungry or whatever. Uh, or That's kill, just Paul saying you're Kill hungry. Dylan or, you know, something <laughs> like that. So I was just listening to that because I wanted – they. Dylan was doing a segment on stage at the theater. He and Chelsea claimed they heard something. I didn't hear it on their mics, so I went to the – he had a digital recorder in his hand. I thought, oh, well, maybe that picked it up. And I pulled out the wrong digital audio recording track 
generally I don't look through these things because they're hours and hours long. Yeah. I only look through them. forever. We record them for six or seven hours. I only look to see if, if I know a particular place. Pulled the wrong one out. It was five hours. The one I was looking for was four and a half. Mixed them up. And I went, oh, before I could close it, here's these blips where there should be no blips. Because yeah. I knew what it was recording. It was in the basement alone. Yeah, you could you could look at the um the the, the waveform. The waveform for yes. the sound, yeah, and see stuff. And it's yeah. like, oh well that's something. I did, can see my ums and uhs or yeah. did somebody go back downstairs? <laughs> you know, did and so the long and the short of it is when you get to the season finale, I brought Dylan, Holly and and back in with me and I played them this audio a couple of weeks ago and I said, We need to film something new. Because this is months and months later. I only noticed this by accident. What do you guys think this sounds like? And we yeah, all so, agree- so you didn't front load them with what it was, what nope. you thought it was. Yeah. said, you listen to this. And I said, by the way, I have matched this up because at the, at the time, what I had done is I had gone downstairs in the basement, left the ADR there. Uh, everybody, Jim was at the monitor. There was another person in the building, the sort of Julia Cook, who was um, the building's person keeping an eye on us. She was upstairs. You can actually hear her in the far distance uh, talking to Jim because Jim dropped something. So you can hear the, a faint punk and Jim going, oh, that was me. And she talked. And you can, so you can hear their voices. You know where they are. You know where I am because you can see me on the camera. You, first of all, you hear me leave. And then you can follow me. I talked to Jim about basketball. So that shows up. But then you on our mics because I'm still wired. But then you can see me walk in the theater, and the rest of the team is all outside, so we know where everybody is. Right. None of us are in the basement. So okay, what are those waveforms then? And I, I swear uh, to God, all three of us listened to it. And we all said footsteps. Here's the really creepy thing: the basement floor is cement. The footsteps were wooden, absolutely wooden. There's nobody, like, even if, so, and we can hear other sounds, too, like the ADR, the digital audio recorder, mm-hmm. will pick up, like, Jim dropping something upstairs. You can faintly hear that. You can faintly hear voices. Even if somebody's walking up in the theater, you can barely hear it. But this was as if somebody was walking right next to the digital audio recorder. In that room, Yeah, you can hear the echo, wooden stairs. Here's the even freakier part. At the because I can link up the audio. Here's the ADR audio. Here's their audio outside because they were outside having weird things happen to them. Dylan at the exact same time as the footsteps are heard in the basement outside. Uh, here's footsteps behind him and jumps in a way I've never seen Dylan jump before in his life. And Holly had been hearing footsteps earlier, but he heard. And so you sync it up and you go. This is when Dylan claims to have heard footsteps outstairs. And this is when there are footsteps in the basement when there's nobody there. And everyone's okay. And it's like, huh. So there, Jim didn't know about that. That's because only Dylan and Holly. Yeah. So that, and I found that by accident. I normally wouldn't have looked at that. And yeah. so it makes me want to go back and listen to the 80 hours of ADR footage we have or, or audio. Uh, stuff. I would suspect you'd find nothing. Yeah. Well, that's the weird thing about synchronicity, right? Yes. This th- little you found that thing because you needed to find it, I think, somehow. Could be, because I have listened to hours of stuff before and never heard anything. Yeah. But this was just so, the waveform was so anomalous. And any audio guy would go, I know I wasn't there. What yeah. the heck is that? Yeah. And it's, it's a clear as day, footsteps on a wooden floor. And here's the kicker. The theater, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, is built on an old graveyard, right? <laughs> of course Very it slowly, is. Yes. It was a graveyard. And most, uh, according to the guy we talked to, 
who used to run the theater, Randall Fletcher, I think, old, you know, sort of um, storytelling kind of guy, said uh, there's legends of uh, sailors and, you know, but it's a maritime town. It's a, it's a port. It's a fishing port. And so there would be sailors potentially buried down there. And it sounded like somebody, I've walked on wooden decks, and it sounded like somebody walking on a wooden deck of a mm. boat. Ah. And you can actually hear water. Like, I can't do a water impression, but that's the other little cherry on top. There's this sound of water that happens when the footsteps appear. Holly was really freaked out. Dylan just put his head in his hands and went, oh. And then we all agreed, yeah, we need to film something new. So that's, if you're listening to this, now you know how the arc from the King's Playhouse ends. But you'll want to watch it for you folks back home just to see how weirded out we are, but to hear it for yourself. Because when you hear it, um, like that, I can't explain it. Dylan, Holly, we couldn't explain it. There's no right. rational explanation for it. And that's the kind of thing that keeps me interested in doing this, even after three seasons. So season four coming up. And now, back to Jim. Groovy. <laughs> uh Jim, actually, um, you started out, well, well, Paul's producer because you're part of the company, but um, I think you started out a little more skeptical, I guess? Uh, on this show, well, I've always kind of been the skeptical, scientific kind of thinking mind. Yeah. If I can see it, if I can touch it. it, if I can feel it, then yeah. I can believe in it a little bit more yeah. than if it's something that's a theory. More of a fact person than right. a theory person. Well, theories are, I'm not saying I'm just uh, against theories, but... Yeah. It, there were theory until I know that it's a fact. Yeah. I had a cousin of mine once ask me about um, UFOs because our uncle was Stan Friedman uh, in he the UFO is. world. He still is. No, he, he has not is. passed away. <laughs> he asked me about how, how I felt about UFOs and whether I believed or did not believe. And I said, well, it's not that I believe or I don't believe. I just don't know yeah. because I haven't that's, experienced that's a perfect, it. I've experienced that's a, a few attitude. things myself yes. that I can't explain. When it comes to that sort of thing, seeing things in the sky and so forth. Um, and the same thing has happened in the paranormal world. I've always been, even uh, since I, ever since I've been young, a big deja vu person. So I've always experienced a lot of deja vu. And it doesn't happen all the time, but when it happens, it happens very strongly. You know, I've been to this place. It's the whole Matrix thing. Yeah. Oh, well, there's the cat. Oh, well, there's the cat. Well, that was unusual. Um <laughs> So when that sort of stuff happens, it always kind of gets my, my, you know, the antennas up as something's just a little bit off, a little bit weird, or a little bit different. You know, I'll be driving along a road and I'll know exactly what's around the bend in a place that I've never been to before. Mm. And, I, I'll, and I'll know the people that are on it and I'll recognize everything for that 5, 10, 15 seconds. So I've always had that sort of that's, connection. That's, that's a that's a pretty yeah. strong, that's like a more than normal strong yeah. deja vu where you... Yeah. Oh, no, I, yeah. Where you're almost reliving some things you didn't even know it is. went and, through uh, before. It, I, it hasn't really happened yet when we've been filming during The Haunted, but I'm waiting for that moment when it happens. When I either know <laughs> it that... It happens, the world ends right there. Yeah, just something's... <laughs> or, especially if it was connected to something happening that is happening um, with other people and there's... If, something's going on, right? Like in the cases with the footsteps or something starts moving or happening and these guys, you know, things go crazy that have never happened before, but yet I've already seen it and I know what's going to happen for the next 30 seconds sort of thing. So mm. that's, that to me is, and that's, you know, I sit at the monitors and watch. I watch these guys as they're filming so I see everything that's going on. And Creepy. recently, uh, I've been hooked up with our, because of our wonderful ob, uh, audio guy, Tabor, 
he's uh, he's hooked me up so that I can actually be listening in, mm. which I wasn't able to do for probably the first two seasons. So usually now I have the so headphones on. So now you can on, monitor so can everything hear. just like he is. Yeah, so now I'm hearing the conversations of what's going on in opposite areas of the building and so forth for the different people, which is a lot of voices in your head. So God love him for doing that all the time. But it gives me a better understanding of what they're actually doing in the moments that they're doing. Yeah, because they can't hear each other. Yeah, before that, I was just watching, you know, silent movies, which is mm-hmm. entertaining, but at the same time, it was, oh, oh, that's interesting. They're actually, you know, doing the investigation right now instead of talking about where we're going to eat in two hours. Yeah. Yeah. So it, uh, has that opened you up or made you, I don't know, less skeptical or what, what is it? I mean, how do you feel about this? All what 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 the show deals with now, as yeah. opposed to when you started two seasons or almost three seasons ago. Again, it's not like I, I I didn't believe in the paranormal and I didn't believe in ghosts. I I just believed. I guess I need. I I was as always. You know, you hope to see something, but then you hope not to see something. <laughs> uh, that's always the what's around the corner. You hope that nothing's there, but hey, I wonder what's around the corner. Um, so. S- in the filming that we've done uh, over the course of the last two years or so, there's been enough stuff that has happened to our crew and to me personally, uh, like where I've been in the moments of things that have been happening that I go, I just have no explanation. There's no reasonable, rational explanation for what just happened or what just made our equipment do that or what was that sound or what caused when we saw footage later, those things that are on the camera that just, there's no reasonable Explanation I keep going. I've got to. I got to shut this off. Uh, the the message thing, so we don't keep hearing the ding, ding, ding. Lots of messages coming in. Must be all the listeners listening to it. This is the band we saw yesterday. This I will leave in. Yeah. The ba- the uh, Beatles cover band we saw yesterday at Farmers Market, which was um, kind of embarrassing. Plastic Soul was not one of their better nights. I've seen some footage on their website. They can do a better job. I just think they had a pretty off night. They didn't do a sound check. The guy joked about it at the beginning. He said, oh, so this seems to be going well without a sound check. So, you know, I play gigs without sound checks. It can be dodgy. But they, they've been at the farmer's market before. So it's a semi-regular thing for them, I guess. Anyway. Yeah. They did a good version of something. that You know, relatively good. Yeah. Well, anything up to, like, what were we saying? Rubber Soul? If they got past that, they started yeah, Between tum- Rubber Soul and probably Abbey Road, that was their trouble spot. Anything before Rubber Soul and after Abbey Road, including Abbey Road, and Let It Be, they were fine. But it was... Well, the only thing they did off Abbey Road was... I mean, uh, yeah, Abbey Road was something, right? They did Don't Let Me Down, which was fine, because it's just a rock song. Yeah, but that's... Right, right. No, but on on Abbey Road, they only did something. Yeah, Don't Let Me Down's on Abbey Road. Yeah. Nope. Don't Let It Be. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> it's like you got me doubting myself exactly see mind games <laughs> that's how paul is the nlp master playing those mind games <laughs> forever anyway sorry yes back to jim <laughs> we don't have to go back to jim unless uh, i i don't know he did finish his uh Groovy. you know how do you feel oh, different yeah oh all right then uh, what's your freakiest thing with the ghost box? Because I had that one, and I've described it before, and we talked about it on the show. Remember when we were at the the Liverpool uh, Historical Society Museum? Oh, the Queen's and County the ghost Museum, bo- yeah. Yeah, and the ghost box started answering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was... that. It wasn't where I went, oh my God! I was just... I thought, this is quite interesting. And the other... And that was... Uh, 
the the blue light was yes. blinking yes once for yes and two for no yep. consistently on the REM pod, and we thought that might and it was yeah REM pod, not ghost box. It's I'm sorry, tied into the Mac Tony's thing, uh, and we did have some ghost box. It said Micah's name, for instance. That night. Yeah, that that's debatable, but everybody heard Micah. Right. Every, so who knows? I. So who do you want to speak to? And it's going. <laughs> actually, well, almost immediately I went Micah. Yeah. But <laughs> the um, the <laughs> kind of thing was in the Dorchester jail was really weird. The King's Playhouse, uh, where it kept coming after Dylan. Um, in ways. coming after. Yeah, it would if you. It, yeah, it's uh, hard to describe. If you mentioned, it would only react if you mentioned Dylan's name somehow. Uh, Otherwise, because we were trying to disprove it. Is there a technical reason? And so you could, if you can do the same thing, hey, I'll mention Paul's name, Holly's name, Jim's name, Chelsea's name, Tabor's name, Dylan's name, and I won't change the way I do it and the way I interact with, like, move the ghost box around or anything like that. And it only reacts to Dylan's name. And then other times you do the same thing in different ways and it'll only react to Dylan's name. Then, okay, well, then this something might have something to do with Dylan tonight. Uh, we were up on the stage on the first night and uh, it ends one of the episodes because you see Dylan walk away and it spit out like <laughs> Dylan like everybody and I turned to him and I go that's and he, and he starts walking away and he says nope done you know like everybody in fact if you listen to it you hear I, I don't know how you couldn't hear Dylan and I, I'm aware of how people process information but when we all heard it at that time yeah. Not when we were playing it back later. You but. can you can pick apart almost anything that you guys have told me, but in aggregate, yes. I mean, what the hell are you going to do with all that? Right. There's there's something going on that's not ex, you know not totally explainable. So we're we're interested in it. And yeah. It, 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 you know, I don't even know if we have a theory for it yet. It, the, the dead person hypothesis usually kind of irritates me. But funny thing, I th- that night sometimes I get bored because um, if you've done a lot of this stuff. You know, some, because there's might, interaction with you people, right? You might just Why show up and go. Care about you? I'm not. I'm not feeling it tonight, or you know, this place maybe isn't doing it for me, or I don't want to do the same thing I've done before. It's like it must be like McCartney, you know? Hey Jude, oh well, let's play it differently tonight because this is I played this song so many times. Ghost hunting's a bit like that. So that particular night, Dylan and I were having a little battle between ourselves to see who could conjure up uh, probably a demon. So I had tried to open a portal, which apparently is a power I have. I don't know, but it seems to work. And ghost anyway, Nazis. Yeah, ghost Nazis. So <laughs> Dylan and I are going at it. And he goes downstairs to the theater, and I'm upstairs in a room that's supposedly haunted. And I, I just, like off the top of my head, I just, I'm co- kind of bored. And I don't want to talk like, if there's a ghost in here, if it's Captain George, could you get, it's like, eh. So I said, hmm, let's try something different. I'm speaking now to future me. I didn't actually think at the time that future me would be dead. So I'm actually talking to Ghost Paul. I actually just kind of thought if I invented a time machine 20 years from now, come back. But somebody pointed out, no, you're talking to Ghost Paul. Whatever. So I call out future Paul and I say, look, come back and make yourself known, blah, blah, blah. And then I hear Dylan, you know, is going off down in the theater. One of the lights up on the the huge lights starts moving. Moving? Yeah, yeah. We asked the lady who runs the theater the next day, and she just, yeah, she shook her head and went, "No, there's those lights don't move." And even if the air conditioning hadn't been on, which it was not, it wouldn't move that light. Like so, it was it kind of shaking or something? No, circling. 
Not just shaking. A theater light? Yeah, like a massive ceiling light, the ones that shine down on the audience. At the end of the interview with her, she said, Are they supposed to circle like that? No. They're fixed? Yes. Ah. They they could move if you went up and pushed them, but they're big, massive lights, and you'd need like a a wind, not just... Anyway, she said, they never move. And she was like, that light moved? No one went, yes, but only that one. The one he was looking at, not the other. There were like eight other lights or something. So anyway, this starts happening, and he's freaking out in a good way while I'm calling out future Freaking Paul. out in a good way. And so I hear uh, uh, Dylan do this in, on the radio. I said, oh, that's what future Paul would do. I wouldn't come back and mess with me. The way this night's going, I'd come back and mess with Dylan. But you're always messing with Dylan. True. There is that as well. <laughs> so I go down. I and think that's why a lot of stuff centers on him, just because you prime the pump by messing with him We so are much. the Obi-Wan and Anakin of ghost hunting, yeah. <laughs> so for good and ill. Who does that make me? Uh, In the Star Wars. Jar- well, Holly's Jar Jar. <laughs> so Holly's like... <laughs> Misa think this bad idea, Paul. Yeah. Actually, I guess I kind of would be Chewbacca. I'm the one that has yeah. to go and Millennium Falcon all the time. Yes, true enough. <laughs> so, so the lights are moving, and uh, so this gets back to the ghost box thing. And the, you know, later that night, the thing that says it comes out, Dylan. And then from then on in, I became much more interested because now it seemed like. Uh, something really was interacting with Dylan. And we start joking that this is, Paul, you did this. This is you from the future. So the next night, I bought this little rubber ball. I loved them as kids. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw them. The red, white, and blue. Uh, we, I had them as a kid. I loved them. You could just like, I could spend all these kids with video games now. Just give me one of these balls and I'm a happy camper. So there was a little <laughs> corner store and I saw these balls and Dylan was with me and I said, oh, no. this." And he said, yeah, you should buy one. So I did. And I was bouncing it around in the theater. And then I took the ball out to the car, left it in the car. Hours later, on the second night, because the lights start moving again, Dylan calls me in to double check the lights. Holly and Julia, who was the, we had her up in the hallway because she wanted to participate. Cool. Um, they both hear what sounds like a bouncing ball. Mm-hmm. They thought I had been downstairs with the ball playing around with it. Imagine their surprise when Dylan said, no, Paul was in with us. And so they call me in and they're further surprised when I say, well, okay, I'm happy to replicate the sound of the ball. I just have to go out to the car to get it because I put it in the glove compartment five hours ago. And look, what? And so I bring it in and they hear that's the sound. They go, oh my God, that's that's the sound that we heard. And it's like, yeah, that was future Paul or past Paul or ghost Paul or who knows what Paul. But so there's all sorts of weird stuff. And then With they- With time, yeah. Yeah, and they go out into the, um, into the grounds around, which is also built on a cemetery. Oh, and there were people hanged out there too. And a great place. They literally start summoning, summoning, not the right word, getting the lights to turn on and off, like those lamps that light up this massive uh, kind of park. And at one point, Dylan goes, he turns to one and he says, all right, you turn on. Light turns on, looks at another one, uh, like a distance away and goes, and now you? Light turns on and they're like, and Dylan goes, what the hell? <laughs> and he's holding a Tim Hortons coffee cup. Like he, he's just like, the Canadian ghost hunter. He's holding a Tim Hortons cup and he's like, what the hell? And they, they walk off and then he walks back and he goes, just for fun. And he points to a light that's off like half a mile away. Can you turn that one on over there? Light turns on. And he's like, what the hell? And he just walks. So all of this stuff is happening 
And that, and meanwhile, the footsteps downstairs around that time, and which we don't even know about. You have taught there. him well. Yes, I I have. He used he, the force to turn on the lights. We were actually at the Dorchester jail, and he said we were outside, and he said, "Yeah, everything I learned about ghost hunting, I learned from you." And I said to him, "I'm not sure that's a good thing." And he said, "Well, it is what it is." And, <laughs> and then we proceeded to try and you know sort of sick ghosts on Holly and Chelsea. It's a long story, but. All of, as you say, but you don't do in the show what you, you normally see in ghost shows. No, that's what makes it that. That's why I like it. Well, apart from the fact that I know you guys and I, you know your friends, I mean, I actually do like the show because it's not one of these typical "what was that" kind of shows. Well, that happens sometimes, but the truth is, I know, but you don't go for that. Three things it just happens to me. Um, it's honest. The show is not about ghosts. No, uh, it's about you guys. It's about the people. Yeah, and something. Whatever that something is, you can call them ghosts, you can call them whatever you want. It's also, it's a slow burn, so you're not going to get like uh, Ghost Adventures with Zach Baggins where you have like 8,000 different things happen within an hour. We we have an hour time slot to film, we got to, here's all the stuff, and you never see the stuff that happens in between, which can actually, and for us, that's long conversations. You can get an egg, in our show, you might like it, you might not. You might get an eight-minute segment with me and Holly or me and Dylan just talking yeah. about, hey, what just happened? And, it, yeah. and or what's happening all night or and or or just eight minutes of Holly sitting in room talking to the space and maybe intercut with Dylan or Jim or who knows whatever sitting in another room or doing yeah. something else. And so there will be some people who would look and go boring. We need ghost adventures to which I would say no slight on Zach Baggins. Cool. Go watch, then go watch ghost adventures because yeah. it has more of a kinetic boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Ours. It's more like watching an Ingmar Bergman film about ghost investigators or paranormalists is probably a better way of putting it. And stuff always happens. We have been to places where nothing happens. We don't air those episodes. So, But I'm perfectly happy to admit, sometimes we go to places, nothing. Um, the places that we go to where stuff does happen, there it is. And you'll hear us theorizing about it. You'll hear us talking about it. You'll hear us wondering about it. you hear us see us getting freaked out about it, scared. And I think that's all part of it. So as we've discussed before, as Mac Tony's, we all discussed, if it's part of this um, almost a paranormal play where we're interacting with something else out there, then our television show has been sucked into that vortex. Mm -hmm. It is part of the performance. Yeah. And if there's something out there, it's like, cool, we were really bored with Ghost Adventures. Or created Adventures. one. Yeah. You know, this is like this show. We'll go work with these people because they're going to give us time to stretch our wings. And, and really, Zach never does that. Zach just wants us to close doors and stuff. Uh, so, and we're, and we also have a good sense of humor. That's the third thing. We, we, oh, make, that's, that's vital. We in, make fun uh, of any ourselves. Any of these paranormal things, you have to have a sense of humor yep. or you get too serious and people, like Zach Baggins, not to pick on Zach, he's like, it's a demon. I'm being haunted by a demon. And we would go, oh, crap. Are we being haunted by demons? <laughs> Paul, did you call down a demon? <laughs> and, you know, then I'll walk away or something like that. So we, we don't take ourselves seriously, but we do take the subject seriously. Right. And so we're different. There is no other uh, ghost investigating show like ours. There really isn't. For yeah. good and ill. Depends yeah, yeah. on what kind of show you want. Yeah. And it's it, uh, mostly good. The th thing I thought of, the quote I thought of was from uh, my friend Shannon, who was uh, Taggart, who was on the show months ago. But she, um, the new tagline for the show is I take the, she says I can't get people to understand she she does a spirit photography she does photography of people who are spiritualists during seances and things and she says stuff shows up on her images that she doesn't know what they are she does not 
judge them or say this is this or she just says, look, this is anomalous. But her the one thing she told me, which I thought was brilliant, was I can't get people to understand that I take this seriously but not literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, a good way of phrasing. And that's the same way. we. I've had friends ask me uh, about the show that I've seen it and things like that, and they say, well, you guys are just being you. You're You're genuine. And to me, that was always, at least as far as I was concerned from the get-go, is like we just have to be ourselves. We can't try to act or try to be somebody else. We are doing what we're doing, but we're not trying to play anything up for television. And now, you know, when people ask and describe things going forward uh, about this, Paul mentioned the slow burn, and I was thinking, like, yeah, we're the nine-inning baseball game. We're not the three-minute. We're not the three-minute clip show. Yeah. And if you like the three minute clip show with all the highlights and all the fancy plays right. Right. and all the whole things, you go like that's great. Sports Center is wonderful for you. Mm-hmm. We're the nine hour game. Sit down, enjoy. Nine you know, inning. nine inning game. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, could be seven nine episodes. Hour game. Is, seven episodes. Wasn't, wasn't that one of the World yep. Series nine games? Was nine hour game. <laughs> that's true. Most recently, the games are stretching out. But yeah, we're the nine inning. So you know. You can have a seven-inning stretch in there at some point. And, and sometimes it goes extra yeah. innings. Sometimes it goes extra innings, exactly. That's yeah. actually a pretty good... Uh, yeah, go ahead. I'd never actually thought of that. So that's actually a pretty good metaphor. I was going to say, what do you mean by the by the extra innings for... Um, well, that would be like the King's Playhouse. I originally... Like, I try and keep them to four episodes. So if we do two nights... Oh, I see. But if there's... Two episodes for night one, yeah. two episodes for night two. Something is fruitful. Yes. But as I was editing King's Playhouse, which I thought I would struggle to get four episodes out of... It organically turned into a seven episode arc because I I would I go I just need to include this eight minute conversation between me and Dylan because it sort of explains stuff it builds on our character and I this matters this is important to me and fortunately thank you Eastlink Community Television they let me do that so there's no network screaming at me saying you need to cut this down to the Sports Center version or whatever they're like cool our our viewers kind of dig what you guys are doing so keep doing whatever you want they must you're going into a fourth season and hopefully a fifth and sixth. yeah, yeah. michael if you're listening no <laughs> <laughs> is that your dude down there at east link yes yeah michael Smith. that says yes or no yeah but the other Ultimately. thing that goes along and helps out with this too uh we started out doing investigations just on one night trying to do an investigation the full investigation on one night so it was a long day yeah, long can. night and we found and Paul, it was a great suggestion. Well, why don't we just see if we can get two nights for these? And we've been very fortunate. And I always have the conversation up front with these people too. These are the times that we'll try to meet with. But if things are happening or if things are going on as far as the investigation, are you okay if we stay longer later? And almost to a T, every place has allowed us basically the run of the place. Uh, sometimes they won't even have people there and will give us literally the keys to the building, whether mm. it's a theater or a museum or whatever the case may be, without even knowing us. Um, you just make those connections, have those communications with them ahead of time. And, and reputation, and I guess. And reputation starting to help. I'm finding that because I, I do the research um, now for the show and I book the locations. Part of my job is as the production coordinator for it. And I find that because we've had the leads and the other places that we literally have the resume and the references now that if they don't know who we are as either a television production company or by name, then they can call up, hey, look, you can call up this museum and these curators or this playhouse and have 
we've had nothing I've had nothing but positive feedback after we've been to a place mm. so we respect the places and the individuals and their times um, and then they allow you us to do what we'd like to do general, generally speaking so some right. nights that we say look we'll be out of here at 2 o'clock or that's the plan and that 2 o'clock clock turns into a, a sunrise yeah uh, we try not to do that but sometimes it just happens Stuff's that going way on, things yeah. going on and it's great that we have that flexibility to to do that at the places that we're going to. Are you ever frightened? Because I see the shows and people look startled and all that, but the, the one where Holly had that noise in the museum that went, ah, oh, and she kind of jumped. Yeah. yeah, I'll answer that on my side first. Because most of the time when people... I get I, creeped I, out at places. I okay. Do, because in, in where I am and where we set things usually up, what we call headquarters, command central, whatever you want to call it, um, usually I'm in an isolated spot in the building oftentimes just so that yeah, I'm so you away don't, from the noise right, and, and not, the sounds. Yeah, and you're, and, they, yeah like and you're not making any noise or whatever. Yeah, and, and people are coming and going um, back and forth, and sometimes right. we're doing things and conversations at command center, but a lot of the time I'll be there by myself, and that's when you kind of get into your own headspace a little bit, and I start hearing all the noises around me and everything. And that's when I, and also I'm oftentimes in complete dark, or except for the screen and the monitor in front of me. So that vision that you have extends only five or ten feet. Yeah. And what's past that five or ten? You know, feet? when I'm at the Queens, when I we went back and did the second time at the Queens County Museum, and I was there, they put me in the back kitchen area, so I literally have the door closed to me now. And outside is a main area that they weren't using too much, where it was all set up and the museum things, and it creaked and groaned, groaned throughout the whole night. <laughs> so it was like, what was that? It's because they're all new noises to me. Even if it's just the building, it's all new noises. Yeah. So you're trying to disseminate whether it's should i send somebody out there right now should i check somebody out there right now i'm not walking out there right now because what am i going to run into if i walk out right now oh, yeah. i'll call dylan maybe dylan can go out there right now. <laughs> hey dylan uh I, I thought i heard something down in this room right here you want to go have a, a look at that always send dylan <laughs> yes. it seems like that's his role and it's uh, he doesn't if he resents you for it it's kind of a joke you know well at the king's playhouse there's an eight minute segment where at the end of it we joke and he says, so I'm the, this is Jurassic Park, and this is like where they put the goat out for the T-Rex. And I said, yeah, that's not really my wheelhouse, but that's a reference for you. And you are, and he said, well, I'm not the T-Rex. And then, <laughs> fine. And so normally you'd end the clip there. Okay, well, we'll be right back kind of thing. But it carries on, and you see the two of us walking off. And it's it's not on-camera conversation. It's now we think that that's where the segment ended. And so we walk away, and he turns around to me and says, I am not okay with this. And you can tell he's he's like talking. He's not talking to Paul, the ghost hunter. He's talking to Paul, his friend. Yeah. And it's like, dude, I'm not okay with this. Like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And because he's scared. Right. And so for me, the answer is all I've seen Holly scared. The uh, that sound in the I've, multiple times. I've seen Chelsea scared. I've seen definitely seen Dylan scared. Uh, I don't get scared uh, like the, from the whoop kind of factor. I get scared when I'm alone. And I get time to think, and I kind of outthink myself. And so, if and and the others I've seen do, you in clips sitting in rooms right. by yourself, trying and, to talk yourself into not freaking out. And the others do too. Um, but for me, it's always like, what are we dealing with? So not to pick on poor Zach again, but Zach would just go, "Demons, we're dealing with demons." And I guess if you make the conclusion that you're dealing with a demon, you can go straight on from there to skip fear and go right into, "I banish you," or you confront or whatever. And and fine. 
Of course I, he's going to say I that. I have a much longer period in between those two things, and the conclusion is always different than Zach's. So here's how it goes. I go, whoa, I feel like something, like, what is this we're dealing with? Like, all of this, this, this last two seasons, am I taking it home? You know, the Ouija board freaked out over on that episode. And oh, there's the another one, yeah. And blah, blah, blah. You're getting contagion off these. And then it all, like, is it following us? Has it led? I have a, a, a good friend who's an Anglican uh, Episcopalian for you guys. Um minister and he studied exorcisms when he was getting his graduate degree in divinity and he is specific he's fascinated by ghost shows so and he specifically warned me listen some of what you're playing with is probably pretty dangerous so maybe you shouldn't play with it the way you do because i'm kind of reckless that's when i talk myself into oh the implications of what i i'm doing this is frightening like what if we really are dealing with the forces of hell or something and then something will happen and we're all sort of equal, but we're not because I'm in charge. And so Zach will end an episode by vanquishing the demon and be gone, demon. Another successful adventure for uh, Ghost Adventures. Zach triumphs again over the demon. Cool. Now, for us, it's like, shit. All right, we're done. Like, <laughs> I just got pushed down a stair or something yelled stairs or, or something yelled at Holly or Dylan's throat has been slit or no, what? That, that last one never actually happened. Um, but the first two did. Yeah. You know, something has happened. We're all free. Like, we're done. Okay, we're out of here. We, Those, got what we, we got what we need. No, yeah. We, we, no, a couple of times it's just like, we quit. Like, <laughs> we are all, like, this night is now over. We'll either come back tomorrow or in uh, the Seaside Community Center. Uh, we fled. There's like, we all kind of agreed, yep, we're done. We're done, done, done. And there's a, a clip of Dylan in the parking lot. And he says, I'm never coming back here again. He's packing the back of the van. As f- <laughs> I've never seen him move that fast. He's like, get the gear in, get the gear in, we're out of here. Done, done, done. And so the drive from the Seaside Community Center in Clarks Harbor back to Yarmouth is about 45 or 50 minutes, I think. And it was dark. It was at night. Uh, to your B&B or wherever you were? Right. Which also turned out to be haunted because Dylan, anyway, it's a long story. So as we're driving back, it was just me and Holly in the car. And we spent 45, 50 minutes basically just going, what the hell just happened? And we're never going back there again. What happened? Oh, uh, just, I got pushed downstairs and I, I say pushed, I'm, I was pushed. Uh, there some of the ghost Nazi stuff finding weird things. Holly's leg got moved and she didn't even, she was almost like she was in a trance. The lights on battery power, not hooked into the building, go off on Jim when he's in the control room twice, I think. And uh, we, uh, a baby doll got pushed off a crib twice. Once I found it, it was like, was this down here before? No. Well, that's weird. I'll put it back where it was. And then they heard a sound. And when we came, when Holly went back up, uh, and nobody had been there. We could tell where everyone was. It was back in the crib again. And so Ollie put it back up, tur- walked back around and said to, I think it was Dylan's younger sister was with us there that night, said, is this the sound you heard? Thunk. And thunk. And she went, yeah, that's it. And okay, well, okay, who pushed the doll over twice? And it was a really creepy doll. And uh, just the, everything about that place, footsteps, just everything. Dylan had something, I can't remember what it was. That really weirded him out. So we all, for different reasons, went, we're done. Like, so we're not pretending we're Zach or any of these heroes who can conquer the ghosts or solve your problems. In fact, we probably create more problems than we solve, I think. Uh, In fact, Jim and I were joking. We should bill ourselves. We don't come to get rid of your ghosts. 
we've we've actually shown up in places that have no history of haunting, one house in Yarmouth in particular, and twice we've gone there and just total chaos. Holly got possessed. That episode hasn't aired yet. I'm convinced. Holly like, got possessed? Dylan, they did a mirror thing. I Holly hates mirrors. She's frightened by them. So I did a thing where, you know, because of Micah Hanks, he'd yeah. put this thing in my mind about scrying and mirror gazing and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I said, well, Holly, you and Micah get along. You do it. And she went, no, I hate mirrors. And I said, I know. That's why you're perfect. <laughs> and so she sits in front of this mirror. And I mean, I, I'll just cut to the chase. Uh, I haven't even edited this one, but I've watched the footage. Dylan came up to me after, because he went down to talk to her. And he, he came up to me in the attic where I was. And he said, Holly, you've got to come down and see this. And I went, what? Holly's crazy. And I went, I know. No, like ghost crazy. I thought She's she was ghost wacko. He said, I thought she was going to kill me or something to that. Like she had that murderous look in her eye mm -hmm. and, and it was from staring. And it, when you look at the footage, I think Dylan is standing there and, and Holly's just staring into the mirror at this point. And Dylan goes, Holly, what is going on with you? And she goes, I don't know. And, but she's, I can't move. And then she turns around and her arm gets raised. Why is your arm up? I don't know, but I can't move it. You know, and just like, that's not Holly. She, no. and she, because of this stuff happening, totally freaked Dylan out. Like he was, he said, I am not spending any. And so I said, we need to keep doing. I don't know mirror. Holly that well, but I don't think she's the kind of person that would do that. No. To mess with people. No, not at all. I don't think she has it in her to no, do No, she's a fine <laughs> actress, but she's not like, nobody's that good. And so Dylan came up to me and he, I said, well, we got to keep doing the mirror thing. And he said, well, I'm not doing it with her. I'm done. Like I am not sitting there with her. And so I said, I will. I sat there with her, nothing. But with Dylan, whew, and just that ghost, we have a new ghost box thanks to Jimmy, but a new, even better one. Mm. And it acts, it creates sound in different ways. Mm. And so weird things, Holly and I were sitting in Imagine a stairwell. Imagine you sitting there at night looking through ghost box ads. Yeah, no, those are websites. <laughs> I look for new gear. I try to get new gear out every time. Because you always want to refresh it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like a control test. Yeah. Um, but Holly and I were sitting in the stairwell leading up to the attic. And I, everybody, I think the people, Jim, can nod up and down or talk in a second about this because they were listening in. And uh, the, the, the ghost box spit out a word that was really loud and clear as day. And uh, now I might be confusing it. It either said flee or run. And if I'm confusing, <laughs> I think it said run, but that might be another episode. But one of those two. The, and you can take a look at the CCTV camera, gone in 60 seconds, like six seconds. Holly and I were just like, yep, that's good advice. We're gone. Like, <laughs> and we, I almost fall down the stairs. We're running out so fast. Yeah. And that was the end of the night. Like, we're done. We'll come back and try it again tomorrow night. Um, bad news was we were staying in the house too. So <laughs> it's like, whoa, well, good night, everybody. Have a good night. Sleep. And, um, Dylan, those shadows you're seeing in your mirror, enjoy. Uh, was oh, that where he saw the demon shadow yes. with the red glowing eyes in his yes. mirror in the bathroom? Yes. Okay. And then we had other weird stuff. So we were having, we talked a, about that in one of the other shows. Yeah. Actually. So we were having a mirror motif, which is why I brought the mirror into Holly. Yeah. But just so much weird stuff happened there. That house though had no history of hauntings whatsoever that we know of. We had just been staying there because it was a good deal on Airbnb. But then so much weird stuff happened the first time when yeah. we were at Seaside. We went back, and Dylan was not happy about that. But, uh, yeah, the stuff that happened was just, ugh, it was frightening. So that was – seeing Holly, I wasn't even there. 
you want to ask, so long-winded answer, the most frightening thing I've ever seen is the video that I reviewed later uh, of Holly going, I don't know. And Dylan, with a look of sheer terror in his face, he is legitimately afraid that she's going to jump out of the chair and strangle him or something. As he put it, um, she was like she was possessed. She was not Holly. And I think she would probably say the same thing, that she was not who she was. And I think she was talking about seeing other, another Holly in the mirror that was right. not Holly. Like it wasn't her, it was some other Holly. Mm. And just that stuff frightens me a lot more than bumps in the night or stuff like that. The, the, yeah, well, it would. That, how it interacts with your emotional state. Um, that's actually dangerous, I, I think. And it's really, really frightening. So if something's playing with us, it's like a house of horrors in that case. And it's really trying to scare you. Yeah. Well, do you go into this blind, like the, the whole show blind? Like, let's just do this stuff for fun. And all well, the stuff started happening. And then the, the next question, I'll, I'll ask you this Yeah, no. Later. Well, I'll just add here to what Paul was talking about with that house. Because uh, you didn't go in with a show Bible saying, this is what, no. well, I guess there was a loose one, maybe. But not, uh, you know, this is how it's going to, well, I guess you can't do that with a reality show. But um, no, you just it sounds like it's show. Been, where it, it's been evolving. Where it takes you. Yeah. And then on the creative side, the editing side, the, you know, the television production side of the house is you kind of start finding, and Paul did this during his first, during the first season, I think, is he started finding the format and the storytelling that he was looking for, his voice or the voice of the show. Yeah. And that evolved during the first season, and now it's, you know. I think that's where you have stuff happening, up. actually. Yeah. If you went in with a predetermined idea what you're going to do, I think not as much stuff would happen. I agree. Yeah. Because and you would be... Oh, putting it, trying to put an imprint trying to on format it. it. Yeah. And I think maybe we tried to do that the first couple places we went to when we first started out our investigations, which was in the Yarmouth area. Yeah. Or, sorry, the Liverpool area of Nova Scotia. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. And we were doing a, a number of different places Where I went in that with area you guys. that had been arranged for us. Um, and and we, we, were. we were. It was more of a stock. But we were trying to figure everybody else in our own kind of, you know, like it's... You're in spring training. Yeah. And well, and the, and the, out yeah, and the crew gelled too. I mean, yeah, I the guess crew as a, gelled as a, who uh, was working and who works best with whom. And eventually. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, just to follow up or just to add my little take here on the Yarmouth thing, um, that night that Paul's talking about where Holly was in front of the mirror, Chelsea was down with her at the same time. Um, and Paul and Dylan at this time were upstairs in the attic. And this is a big, I, refer to it as the captain's house it's a big old house that was built for and owned by a sea captain um, back in the 1800s and now has passed a couple hands um, but now is owned by an american person and at one time was the home for the local nuns back in the 1950s so who knows kind of what the history of all of the things of the owners in the past were and what has gone on in and around this house and there was a murder uh nearby at a bar that was never solved so and they don't know what happened to this well they they know what happened they convicted a guy of he always claimed he was innocent he claimed he was innocent but she left uh, a dance I think it was there was a young female that left a dance and then just brutal brutal murder and then but there was no full finite you know D&D sort of or D&D why am I saying D&D DNA DNA proof <laughs> back then, yeah. But where they were filming, when we were filming 
those that part of the segments and, and that happening going on at the night. I was this goes back to the audio. Um, this was my first experience with Tabor. Tabor and I were at headquarters, um, which was on the main level of the house, and so I was listening into the conversations of what was going on. Paul and Dylan were up in the attic. Holly and Chelsea were out in the main area, sitting area, and I can tell you that the sound, there's no way that they can hear each other because this is a big building going through two levels. There's no way that they... So Tabor and I are listening to it, and these they're doing two completely separate things. They're not on the radios or anything like that, and they start having, and, and she starts, Holly starts having this kind of channeling experience. At the same time, Paul and Dylan are doing a ghost box thing. They're asking asking ghost box questions and what's happening as this is and it's in real time because Tabor and I are listening to it and we're just freaking ourselves out like looking at each other and did you hear that I just heard that the ghost box was answering questions that Holly was asking the mirror so if she but would not, ask it about but not questions that Paul and no nothing that Paul is because they were just like eh, nothing's going on here but yet little things were happening with the ghost box that you could hear it would say something yeah. but they didn't understand your your, your group mind is an yeah, individual like, just according said, we could to hear the what Paul and Dylan were were thinking that the ghost box was saying and yeah. Tabor and I could hear kind of the same thing because he really hears the audio well um, and it's like this is yeah. and this happened for about a 10, 15 minute period and we started writing the things down like. Here's the question that's being asked. Here's it's being answered in different parts, two different parties that have no idea what each other is talking about conversation wise. Right. And that was kind of it was it was kind of one of those freaky experiences, but at the same time, Tabor and I were like, This is so cool. Yeah. Should we stop them? No, no, no. No, we no. Can't stop I mean, them. It, makes, them. it makes let, and let, it makes uh, and it the way go. you tell it to me makes total sense. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't sound like a um it sounds like that's exactly what should have been happening because a lot of this stuff, do you find a lot of this stuff is very oblique in the way it does things? There's never any, there's not a lot of direct stuff. It's direct in rest- retrospect, but not when it's actually happening. Yeah, yeah. It, when you think back on it afterwards, and certainly Paul would know a lot more about this because yeah, he he's sees doing the all editing, the footage, yeah. and he hears all the audio when he's going through that. And as he's talked about there with the King's Playhouse, you stumble across something that you had no idea mm-hmm. had happened before with audio. And you can do the same thing with sometimes the video sort of thing. It's, you don't see it or hear it in the moment. Um, but in retrospect, either your own personal experiences or what's there on video or audio, yeah, there's definitely things that you go back and you go like, wow, I wish we had kind of thought of that or heard that or known about that or had this the, uh, the idea of well, we should spend a little bit more time going down this path. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you only have what's in front of you at the moment, and sometimes you put the little blinders on because you're caught up in another moment that's happening right. and you don't see what's happening around you. Right. And and also the experiences of others that are intertwined but are maybe happening in different places, but yeah. it's happening at the same time. Or And as Paul said, is at different times. Or at different times. That, But it, when you look at the whole picture, it tells yeah. the whole story. Mm-hmm. But you only see that after the fact, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you emphasize this kind of stuff on the show? You, I'm sure you do when you're talking about it. Um, uh, yeah. During Paul the shows, is, I mean, do you have... Uh, uh, there, there's like a debrief or anything like that. I know there's sometimes you guys talk about what's going on afterwards. Yeah, sometimes, although usually like for perspective. In, often in the next... But perspective sometimes, sometimes comes in the editing, so you well, don't yeah, know. Well, yeah, you go back months later and film a new segment. Oftentimes, uh, like the King's Playhouse, the first episode in that arc, was began, we had a segment where we reviewed the evidence from the previous 
the Dorchester Jail because it's only uh, – I, I don't know how Ghost Hunters does it, but you see them have the review. I assume they come back after weeks of looking at the evidence and they have the money to be able to travel back and talk to the owners. Here's what we found. We don't have that. We go to a place. That's it. And our budget is uh, is relatively small. So we don't really have the opportunity to go back to the place. Uh, so we'll talk about it in the next episode, which I like because it creates the, like a series, a continuity. Right. As opposed to it's, – it's kind of like um, these ghost hunting shows are like original Star Trek. Each episode exists in and of itself, but they're not really tied together to the other episodes. Yeah. Ours is kind of more like Star Trek Voyager. No, not Voyager. Um, Deep Space Nine. Which is a serial. So yeah. every episode, even though there might be standalones, there is there are interlocking. Yeah, a through line. yeah, there is a through line, and not just a through line in each season. There's a through line for through the, the series. whole series. Yeah. So oblique is the best word, though. That's how it, with one or two exceptions, like when something goes to Holly. That's that's not very. That's direct. Yes. But by and large, even then, we don't know what it is. Um, we, if you were to ask all of us, what do you think you're dealing with? We would probably all give you a different answer. Uh, especially if you put a gun to our head and said you have to pick something. Yeah. But the truth is we would probably all say, well, I don't know. You know, like unlike Zach who thinks it's demons or the ghost hunter guys who think it's spirits of your dead relatives. Uh, so everybody seems to have an answer. We, every episode, we just build more questions and we leave it to the audience to come up with their own answers. So Linda Rafuse, for instance, uh, at the Queens County Museum, who you know, mm -hmm. uh, who helped us out in a number of episodes, is convinced it's the spirits of dead people. Mm -hmm. Cool. I'm not, but I wouldn't rule it out. No, uh, I wouldn't rule it. Just like the ETH. I'm, yeah. I don't convince the ETH is true, but I don't rule it out. Yeah. It's just one of many possibilities. Exactly. Some people I've talked to think we're dealing with something demonic. Maybe. I don't know what that means. There are many different interpretations for what right. demonic could be. But sure, something evil or malevolent or whatever you want to call it. Fine. It could even be time-traveling Paul from the future. Who knows? <laughs> that could be in the mix. We just keep adding different layers. The one thing that I'm certain of is, uh, well, as certain as you can ever be, it, I, yeah, I still hesitate a bit. I, I'm just, I'm convinced something's interacting with us. And it feeds on us and we feed on it. And I don't necessarily mean that in a pejorative way, but we're, it, no, we're, I know what you mean. We're bouncing back and forth. So as our series it's is co creative, along, it is co-creative. Uh, as our series goes along, it has come along with us. I'm not sure. Maybe it's different entities popping in. Ah, Hey, uh, Baphomet, I'm a little tired. Could you take over? Sure thing. Beelzebub done. <laughs> um, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we get, and like I said, we have a good sense of humor. So we'll sometimes joke, uh, there was one night, for instance, it was the um, uh, Dorchester Jail. So Again. Dylan, yes. So Dylan and I are outside because Holly had locked us in a jail cell earlier uh, the previous night. Just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. Well, one of the haunted jail cells. Yeah. And Dylan, got he got poked, which was one of the things. This was where one of the two um, banister boys, the young men who were hanged. And he, he said, I'm out. Holly, get your ass in here and unlock the jail cell because he had felt a physical, like, and I filmed him. I followed him with the camera afterwards. And he was clearly shaken. So the next night, we kind of recovered. And so we're outside joking. Uh, what's wrong with him? Why does he keep coming back? Uh, he, you'd have to ask him. <laughs> um, but Holly and Chelsea are up. Holly and Chelsea are up in the same um, cell, and Dylan and I know that, and we're outside. And so we're. I literally call out everything, in, including there's about five cemeteries in town. I say, look, 
It's a paranormal party at the Dorchester Jail. Come on down. If you're in one of these cemeteries over here, you're welcome to come down. If it's Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Space Aliens, Beelzebub, all nine levels. Of, no, sorry. The first six levels six, of hell. Yeah, yeah. And so we go back in, and it's one of my favorite moments in the series. Uh, we're standing there, and Dylan and I are explaining this to Holly. And she's just looking at us. And I go, and and Dylan's like, yeah, yeah, we call this out. And I went, yes, and space demons, tulpas, everything. Space demons. And the camera switches back to Holly, and she goes, mm-hmm. what is wrong with you guys? <laughs> and Dylan and I are like, oh, yeah. Clearly, and then it cuts to the closing credits. Coming next week, you know. Uh, bad, we find out what's wrong. Bad shit goes down. <laughs> and it does. Uh, because, and who knows? Maybe because I called stuff out. But. The look on her face, that's the humor in it. But she's also deadly serious. Yeah. She's funny, but she's like, what is wrong with you guys? Why yeah. would you do that? Yeah. Because uh, it was there. It was, it's a very girl reaction, too. Yeah, it's a very Holly reaction. Yeah. yeah. What, what are you dumb guys doing? What Pretty is wrong much. with you? Yeah, and we're being, we're, you know, I don't want, I hate using foul language, but we're being total ghost assholes. There's no other way, to, ghost dicks or whatever you call it. And ghost we're, dicks. There's, I, there's a t-shirt. Yeah. There's I actually. A, there's a spinoff from. Oh, and, and there's a great moment where Paul or Dylan goes, as I'm explaining something, he goes, oh, yeah, and Paul might have jumped up and down or jumped up and down on the grave site where the two boys are buried. And I went, <laughs> I, went I was just stretching my legs, man, just stretching my legs. I'm, I, and I had jumped. You can see it on the camera. I'm jumping up and down. And Holly's like, what is wrong with you guys? Why don't you have crap following you home? Do you have stuff following you home? My wife asked me that question more than once. And... Uh, because this is a, it's a known thing. It's called, it's well, yeah, for, yeah. for it's a big thing in parapsychology right now. It's called the contagion when something sticks to you. And yes, follows you back. Well, my my Anglican minister friend has warned me about that. I've talked to a couple psychics who've warned me. My wife has warned me uh, in the sense of don't you dare bring something back. Um, it does. We have talked about it. Holly and I, I know, have talked about it. Uh, I think I've talked to Dylan about it too. Like, are we? Is it coming with us? Are we carrying it with us? Um, I don't know what the answer to that is, but Dylan's convinced. Well, if you don't know the answer yet, then I guess it hasn't happened yet. Dylan's convinced uh, my office is haunted, and my office is where all the editing takes place, and I it's underneath the apartment my wife and I live in. So we. I don't to, like the basement at your place. That's the creepy place. Yeah, the in basement's your house. creepy too. But <laughs> Dylan's convinced the office is haunted, and he I think he's convinced that he's being followed or something is sticking with us, mm. and uh, with us or him. I think he's. I think he's moved to him now because uh. it seems to really be focusing on him lately. Um, sorry, when hey, the, when the hey show buddy. isn't when you aren't shooting, you mean? Yeah. Okay. And synchro like Jim's deja vu. I'm synchronicity, and uh, and so we had. Um, this is one of my favorites. Last time I was out here, it was with Jim, and Christina Kafari. This time I replaced Christina with Holly. So I show up the first time to go to a film festival uh, in Pacific Grove, and then I've driven down here. So Holly and I... Yeah, this time when you're... uh, Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the last time I wrote about this string of synchronicities in the book, The The Other Side of Truth, and you're in it because you and Walter Bosley and I were in your radio show having them happen, almost calling them out at that point. Yeah. So Holly and I are driving through the mountains up north, and it's a really... Like, we just wound up on this road... We hadn't planned it. It was just like outside of Santa Cruz, those mountains, uh, the Carmel Canyon Road, or that goes between um, I think it's uh, what is it, King City and Carmel on the coast. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And it, it, at many points, it turns into a single track road. It's like being in Scotland oh. and it twists and winds. I know, I know of that road. And I kind of thought I'd gotten it. lost. And there's a section that says, "If the road is wet, watch out for newts." 
And sure enough, we see them like the road was wet, and it's like, Paul, you just hit a newt. I they're, like they're small. I killed four or five, and then I tried to avoid them. So anyway, we saw a bear, and the bear kind of ran off into the woods, and then we saw a bobcat. Which I mean, I that's really hard to see. Yeah. Most people you do not see. Bobcats. It was like a flash, but it was clearly like that's a cat, and that's there's nobody living here. That's a bobcat. Yeah. So we jokingly said, and I love this. Uh, well, what animal do you want to see, Paul? Holly asked me, and I said, I want to see a tiger. And I said, what about you, Holly? And she says, I want to see a reindeer. Ha, 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 ha. And we laugh because we're not going to see a tiger and a reindeer. So we go up to Pacific Grove. We uh, check into our motel, separate rooms, and we go out for dinner. And I just Google TripAdvisor top 10 restaurants in Pacific Grove. And there's this one. It's international. Cuisine. The reindeer tiger. No, oh, wait man. for it. So I go, fine. Uh, let's go to this restaurant, Holly. It's well-rated. She says, cool, great. Park the car, cross the street, and turn right. Oh, and, I saw this picture. And there is this, I guess it's an antique shop or whatever. And what is it? It is a giant statue of a tiger at the head of a sleigh in a Christmas display where a reindeer would be. So the tiger has replaced the reindeer... And it's just like, mind blown. And then it began this string of stuff. Makes total sense to me. We ate at a restaurant in um, just, what's the, Sand City, I think it is, just outside Monterey. I know where that is. Yeah. There's a nice paragliding spot there. Yeah. And so there <laughs> I was have flown that spot. Yes, yeah, Sand City is pretty. Another well-recommended restaurant. Yeah. We go in. On the menu, they have... Uh, Nova Scotia salmon. I think it was Nova Scotia salmon, which is weird. Why would you have Nova Scotia salmon on the West Coast when you could have Pacific salmon? It's yes. crazy to fly. Anyway, that's what they have. Then they next to deal. that on the menu is something, and I have a picture. I can't remember what it is. I think it's Ron's Burger. Driving in, we'd been talking about Ron Foley McDonald, who uh -huh. is, he's the, he owns Winterlight Productions. Yeah. Um, and so we were kind of talking about a film that Ron had done that Holly was in. So Ron was in conversation. Nova Scotia Salmon, Ron Foley McDonald. The waitress walks over. She has a name tag on. You know what her name is? Holly. Holly. Yes. And when we leave, I turn the wrong way. And Holly's got her little Google thing like, so which way do we go, Holly? And she says, well, turn around here and you'll get back on this street. And it's not a direction we should have gone. But I made the wrong turn. Come through, and we drive by a street we shouldn't have driven by, and it's Kimball Avenue. Of course it is. Yes. So Ron, Paul, Kimball, Holly, and Nova Scotia yeah. Salmon in a restaurant that we just picked out of TripAdvisor in Sand City. And those are the, that kind of stuff sort of blows my mind. Yeah. Because you could say that's all a coincidence. But I look at it, and I go, sure. That's four coincidences all at the same time. And then there were a bunch of other stuff like the tiger and the reindeer and other things that were happening as well. And you just go, yeah, something's, something's. Yeah, there's a little knot of something going on there. We're getting a, we're getting a glimpse into somewhere else. Yeah. And maybe it's, it's I've not. Got, I've got friends now that listen to the show and uh, every time they start reporting synchronicities, the first one person will finally say, make a wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and you just like ride it as long as we can ride it and then it'll like it did when I was in California years ago, it just stops. Yeah. At one point. And that was uh it stopped after I ran into Veronica Reynolds' name. Veronica, my friend Veronica, written in cement outside 
the uh, Henson studio in La Brea. And Veronica, of all the people that love my Kermit the Frog impression, she loves it the most. So I just, hey, ladies and gentlemen, it'll do Benito Mussolini. And she loves it. She's asked me to do it in front of friends and stuff over the years. And so I'm standing outside the Kermit the Frog statue. I look up. I just stopped there. and Oh, there's Kermit the Frog. And then I look down and at my feet, carved into the cement, clearly when somebody had just been pouring the sidewalk in, is one word, Veronica. And that was the end of that run of synchronicities that you were part of. Lasted about a week and a half. After that, went home, nothing. Yeah. And then it pops up and comes and goes. That stuff really, that doesn't frighten me. I just find it really cool. So, yeah. So that's happened on this trip too. Uh, oh, you, you just described it. Anything yeah. since you've been in LA? You guys have been here since what, last? The truth is I stopped, I stopped looking. Like I just wasn't paying attention to it anymore. So I didn't, maybe it happened. Yeah, well, sometimes, it. It has to, sometimes you either have to recept it, it has to scream at you or whatever. because yeah, Jim showed up and we were like going to hockey games, baseball games, or not baseball, um, basketball, basketball, Fleetwood Mac concert. And I, I just didn't, I've been busy and pay. But with Holly, I think it was partly because she and I, to some extent, have a simpatico-ness uh, over the years of ghosty, weird stuff. But we were also talking about those kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, you matter what, over 10 years ago. Yeah, and we had a very long drive from Los Angeles you know, up there. And there was something that happened. There was a number of things, too. Something weird happened in uh, Grapevine where we stayed overnight on the drive up. And I, I just, eight years ago, it's I would funny, have written I've it all down. Years, I've known her the same amount of time yeah. as you. And it would have been a chapter in a new book. Now I have no desire to write a book. It's just really for me. And now I'm kind of telling your audience. But it was like for me and Holly. This was happening to us, for us. Yeah. And we were like, cool, this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I joked, maybe I'll put this in a new book. And I thought, no, I'm not going to write this down. It's like, you know, this is what it is kind of thing. So I posted the tiger thing on Facebook. Yeah, but, I saw that. But the menu thing, I have pictures. I took pictures of everything. And I, this is, I haven't really thought of it since then. Because <laughs> that's where I am. Nine year, eight or nine years later, I'm like, something that back then I would have gone, oh, my God, writing notes down and taking pictures. Now I'm like, yeah, that's cool. That's really awesome. Anyway, so uh, what's for dinner? <laughs> yeah. So I've been haunted by Baphomet. You know, it's synchronicity. Now it's just cool. Yeah, that's where we're at, which is fun. And the great thing about our show, last thing I'll say about our show, because I have to go to bed. Yeah. Uh, no, is, I'm, I'm not going to keep you any longer. Anyone can go to the places we go to pretty much without exception. You could rent that house in Yarmouth. It's on Airbnb. You can go to the Kings County Museum. Uh, uh, sorry, the Dorchester Jail. You can see a show at the Kings County Playhouse. Anywhere we've been, I think without exception, you could go to as well. And you could, especially if Linda Rafius is running it, she'd probably let you have a ghost investigation. Yeah. But you could go to the as Kings long as she could hang out while you did the ghost investigation. Right. You could go to the Kings County Playhouse. And I bet if you said, "Look, we saw this place on Haunted. Could we come in some night?" And with a group of us and see if we could do this too, they'd probably say yes. Yeah. Um, and then you Also could, partially because it's Canada. Sure, because we're all nice <laughs> and friendly. Um, you could not do that here. Not well, always. Not always. And I'm not saying you could do it everywhere up there either. Yeah. But the nice thing about the Yarmouth house is that place was not supposed to be haunted. So maybe you can go anywhere. And just open yourself up to it and do what we do and say, call something forth or you just invite it in. And But as my Anglican minister friend Kyle would say, yeah, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> because you, you, you never know you who's knocking. got a Ouija board up above the door there. Uh, don't tell We Linda. never move it. Linda, Linda won't let me have, as I've said in your show before, my wife won't let me have a Ouija board in the house. Oh, Sigrid bought that one. Yeah, well. Glows in the dark. Your, your wife is different than my wife. My wife had a life. Above the door. Life-altering, frightening experience oh, with the Ouija right. board. You told me about that. She will not. And so she doesn't know I have one down the office. 
Uh oh. Now she never listens. So she'll be fine. <laughs> uh, I keep it in the office, honey. First floor, not the second floor. Right. Just like all the editing. Uh, I did think it'd be funny once if I stuck it under her bed, though, and then let it go for three or four nights and say, oh, by the way, did you see that Ouija board under your bed? The what now? And, you know, divorce court with Paul and Linda. That's, <laughs> that's the next thing I was thinking. Yeah. She did say to me once, if I brought a Ouija board into the house, she would divorce me. She said something along the lines of, you'd have more luck cheating on me than bringing a Ouija board into this house. <laughs> and I said, oh, interesting. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> like a challenge. Yeah, but you're not, it's not in, I don't know, that's not in this house, that's in the place downstairs. I also thought, I already have a Ouija board in the house, so is this free reign to cheat? And like, <laughs> this is how my mind works. So I'm just testing the boundaries. It's like every episode of Haunted, I'm just testing the boundaries. And she went, no. No. Okay, cool. Yes. So there you go. Anyway, tune in if you can, folks. I swear if to not, God. Where do you go on? Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, www.winterlightproductions.com. I think I actually put one or two. The first two episodes are available online. Mm-hmm. I think they're at the website. But if. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, right. I created the haunted website. Uh, haunted TV series.com. All one word. Which was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you can see the first two episodes from the Queens County Museum with the Mac Tony's blue light and the roar that goes after Holly. Um, that's all. That's where it all began. Yeah. So those two episodes are available at Lost Leader, if you want, or whatever, um, up on our website. Along with, we've gotten into the practice because even in a seven-episode arc, which is seven by 30 minutes, what's that, three and a half hours? Yes. So even in three and a half hours, you can't include everything. So we put bonus material up now. Um, Dylan ranting about this, something weird happening to Holly here, but maybe it didn't fit into the arc. So now we're adding bonus material. All that's available at the website. Okay. So yeah, go to hauntedtvseries.com. That's where all the haunted material is. And eventually, hopefully, the episodes like next year, earlier rather than later, will be available for you know purchase for like 49 cents an episode or whatever. All right. We'll keep it cheap because we're friendly. Well, good luck with the series. It's, it, it is my favorite. Uh, I've only seen two or three ghost hunting series, and I get tired of them very quickly. But yours, I, the ones I have seen, I've watched all the way through, and I thoroughly enjoy them because of what we've just been talking about here. I wish they would be stuff like that here, but that marketing people, oh, no, 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 no. We can't have a nine-inning <laughs> ghost hunting show. Well, to be fair, you need a network that lets you do it. Right, exactly. And I understand the exigencies of television production. I don't blame them when they say you can't do that. Because people do have short attention spans. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to think, look, this is not Transformers. This is a Bergman film or whatever. This is right. an art house ghost hunting show. No, no. I mean, people are going to be attracted to their tra- I'm attracted to that more than somebody going, yeah. where's the demon? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Fast forward through the three hours like pull, to pull, get to that. Yeah. Pull your egos out of there. And I imagine, I'm, at least visibly, and I'm immediately much more interested. Yeah. But we couldn't do it without Eastland Community TV. And honestly, the truth is we couldn't do it without Greg Bishop. Funny uh, thing, because and Mac. Yes, Tony's, you could. Although you have nope. put me in the you have put me in the credits, which is very nice. You guys, Mac Tony's, you Nick Redfern to maybe a slightly lesser extent, but still the same ballpark. Even Micah Hanks, these people that I run into or Holly's run into now, they influence our thinking, and then they have definitely influenced my approach. Uh, you, you know, when you first met me over a decade ago, I was a different person in terms of how I looked at this. Yeah. So l- talking to you guys and Holly, now that she's gotten to know some of you too, Walter, that kind of stuff, it influences how we think and how we approach our investigations. And it's usually me and Holly. We're the ones who know you, me especially. But some of that, then when I sort of train, I hate the word, but Jim or Dylan or whatever, it filters down to them. So your imprint 
is very much on the show. It is the well, ghost hunting you. show that Greg Bishop and Mac Tonys and Nick Redfern would do if they did ghost hunting shows. I like that's how I like to think of it. It's how well, the, that's nice of you. It's how the cabal would do a ghost hunting show. And the truth is, I wouldn't do another ghost hunting show if somebody said you now need you now need to do it like this. I go cool. I'm going to go do this show then, which is museums or something. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't do this show if we couldn't do it the way we do it. Yeah, because it wouldn't be fun for me. It wouldn't be interesting for me. I don't think it'd be interesting for any of the rest of us. No, if it's not fun and interesting for the person doing the thing, nobody's nobody else is going to watch it either. People pick up on that stuff. Yeah, and the ghost. If you're having fun, that's what people tell. I have a friend that's about to start interviewing for his first book on shows and stuff. He goes, "What do I do? What do I do?" It's like, have fun. Yes, or be because it's it's contagious. Yes, and it you could be talking about paint drawing if you're having fun. People listen. Well, maybe not paint drawing, but... <laughs> Next season on Haunted, uh, <laughs> watching paint dry. Haunted paint will dry. Well, it's the yeah. same idea about a writer. I mean, if you're yeah. a good writer, you can make grass growing sound interesting. Look, if I we, taught a writing cl- class, I'd say, write me two paragraphs on grass growing. We don't set out to entertain people. We set out to entertain ourselves, I guess. Yes, exactly. But, and That's hope, what I do on this show. And then I have to make it entertaining in editing. It is television. Yeah. But you know what? It's all... I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's all honest. We don't fake anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never would. Um, because so much stuff happens, We even if we wanted to, we don't have to. But we're all honest about it, which is why when something does happen, people can take it to the bank. Like, that's real. She's scared. Yeah. He's scared. No. That really happened. No. And if they tell you they can't explain it, they mean it. Mm-hmm. Like, we really don't know what's going on. Um, so some people would say, you're the worst ghost hunters ever. And I'd say, well, sure, if you expect us to actually hunt and catch a ghost, yes, we are <laughs> the worst ghost hunters ever. But as ghost investigators... It's, yeah, it's it's shorthand for what you're doing. Yeah, we're not hunters. We're yeah. investigators. Right. And so we investigate, and then we, we're like Robert Mueller. He's not going to you know, throw Donald Trump out of office, he'll just put a report out there. I've investigated it. Here's what I found. Now it's up to you, Congress, to figure out what to do with it. Yeah. Well, that's what we do. We're, we're the Robert Mueller of ghost investigation. <laughs> we just show up. That we, just lasts you half your audience in the United States. Yeah. But that's uh, it's the other half of the audience that I want. But yeah, we just lost the fascist vote. Cool. So, but, oh, you know, too bad. But yeah. So, the, the, but that's what we just are there to gather evidence, gather experiences, put it out there and say, what do you got? Like, you guys make out of a, what you want. And hopefully you find it entertaining too. And hopefully you can laugh at us the same way we're laughing at ourselves as well. Um, and then you can go out and try it yourself. And that's fun. Okay. Anything you want to say, Jim? Before I say uh, no, thank you, Jim and Paul. I want to say thank you very much for having us on your radio show. It's well, thanks for coming all the way over here and, you know, walking over here and for dinner, you guys. Yeah, we, no, wonderful. We walked all the way from Halifax. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's uh, it's been a great experience. I've only been here for the five or six days. But, again, catching the back end of a trip with Paul is always a cool kind of thing. And every time that I come out here, second time here, I've been to Los Angeles. Looking forward to coming back for a third time. and. Season five, of season five of Haunted, the full hashtag more gym movement will <laughs> Merchandise will be up on hauntedtvseries.com. When soon. I post the show, I'll put a hashtag more Hashtag gym. more gym. I've tried to start it. It's slowly growing. I think one person has responded to that so far, which is awesome. Let's see. Jim hasn't been on before, so he gets to pick the end music. I did pull up Sad Kermit. We don't. We don't have to have Sad Kermit. <laughs> just anything that you would. Well, how about this? How about we uh, pull? 
any commercial music as well? Yes, I, that, I mean, I don't, I'm not uh, beholden to anybody because I don't make money on this or anything. Nobody's ever really bothered me. Anything you want. Uh, well, let's pull something off the uh, one of my favorite records of all time by the Police of Synchronicity. Ah! Uh, Which one? Synchronicity 1 or Synchronicity 2? The one with the, the lyrics. One, yeah, Synchronicity. I've always had a strange kind of love of murder by numbers. I kind of dig the uh, kind of the offbeat tracks on a lot of things. Good thing we have separate rooms. <laughs> <laughs> If you become the leader 